0: Grown Men, this is a quick editor's note before we start the episode. I was really silly and didn't plug in my <laughs> recording box into the computer, and so we were just talking into the computer mic, but actually- well, we
1: were actually, actually talking into our microphones. Yes.
0: So anyway, <laughs> the first 10 minutes of this sounds funny because we didn't want to redo it, and it's very smart, so just listen in. Thank you. <laughs> okay, we're going away now. Hey, it's pretty little grown men. Hello. Hi. Hello. Whoa. Wow,
1: the is thunderous
0: <laughs> beginning to this podcast episode.
1: We might have to start over again. This is our second take. Uh, one day we'll release all of our flubbed first takes.
0: In our in our sixty disc box set.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the complete pretty little liar. Pretty little grown. <laughs> men. Pretty lo- little grown men sing American standards. Um
0: Excuse me. I'm David. I'm Dom. <laughs> And we are talking about the seventh episode of this season, this half-season of Pretty Little Liars. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called We've All Got Baggage. Uh, and as we were discussing before we had a little uh, recording issue, uh, it's both a literal title and, <laughs> and a metaphorical title. About, it's a very high concept about what goes on in this episode.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, so the baggage that it refers to... the the literal baggage is the bag that um, I gotta ask you a question before we move on, Dave. Do you when I say the word bag, do you hear an accent from my from my Midwest? Bag. Bag.
0: Bag. A little bit. A <laughs> little bit. Now that you, now I wasn't going to say
1: anything, but now that you bring it up, we're going to be I'm going to be saying that word a lot. Um, so the literal bag is uh, uh, is is Melissa's bag. Um, I can't listen to myself Say it anymore. It's it's Melissa's uh, her luggage that she yes that she broke um, apparently. A cab driver contributed to its breaking.
0: Well, so we find out last episode uh, at the very end of this episode, in which uh, Spencer's told multiple times, Please deal with the MacGuffin mm. of, uh, of Melissa's luggage, and then she does.
1: Yeah.
0: And in this episode, Melissa returns. Um, she's very happy about poll numbers and God knows where. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's got some new luggage, and Spencer's like, Whoa, where's your old luggage at? And she's like, It broke. <laughs> Threw it out, uh, and like you said, yeah. There's a there's a second confrontation where the luggage comes up again because you know, pretty little liars, they can't just yeah. say, "Listen, your luggage was a murder weapon." Can you mm-hmm. just come clean on this shit? Right. Um, and she tells them, yeah, she tells them this bullshit story about a, a cabbie breaking it. And Caleb knows that she's lying uh, because
1: it was an away game for the Phillies.
0: And so, the cab driver was not, in fact, trying to get through baseball traffic. <laughs>
1: Tree detective. Yeah. True detective. Um, yeah, and, uh, there's definitely some, some super mean side-eye that Melissa gave to Caleb when he kept pressing about the luggage. Yeah. Um... So uh, this was a, a, an episode where stuff happened and um, then some more stuff happened and some characters learned their lessons about lying and uh, in the end everything seemed to be okay despite the fact that uh, Caleb got fired from the campaign um, and Hannah is pretending that she's cool with marrying Jordan even though she secretly loves Caleb still. And Emily
0: almost gets destroyed by the least effective uh, car driver ever.
1: Yeah, so it turns out A hey, is a car, <laughs> a, a sentient car, <laughs> possibly a transformer. <laughs> so that's it's, really bad uh, at killing people. Just
0: to, to scale back from the from all these incredible uh, cool. plot plot devices for a minute, um, this was like so. If last week was the episode where. It sort of started to feel like things were slowing down a little bit, or if it was starting to lose the balance that it, and the crispness that it had for mm. the first few episodes. This was the episode where I was watching half the first half, and I was like, man, I'm bored. Yeah. Nothing interesting is happening. And then all this stuff happens in the second half, and it was just like this weird conflation of like, aria marrying her parents again and that came up really quickly by the way after we just found out oh yeah we're gonna get married again yeah let's do it right now let's yeah. just go ahead uh well,
1: mike's not there mike's not there
0: for some reason probably because he's busy shooting some other thing as opposed to, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to the actual he's on
1: teen wolf man as opposed to just being like against the his parents getting back together because i guess Chadlow because he still can't get over the fact that Lowe cheated.
0: Well, or they—he was really beaten up by it the first time, you know. Yeah, he can't he was, go through it again, man. Yeah, he can't. Can't trust his parents. Uh, but you have this this wedding sequence played out against uh, Emily outside of this diner in the middle of nowhere because that's where you put diners. Uh, and this random person in a car, sort of driving at her, hiding behind the bushes. Emily steps back out car comes back drives again it was just like it it was like the word of all the Pretty Little Liars scary moments this was the most this was like more nonsensical than like the ice cream factory or whatever because it was just like such an incompetent attempt to do whatever the person was trying to do it's like, were, were they trying to hit her? Were they trying to steal back this murder weapon that Emily discovers on the top of the yeah. you know, the moving crate or whatever?
1: Well, that doesn't make any sense. So, like, that's the thing is... the The... The murder weapon was apparently tra- was that a dumpster, I guess, that she was on top of? Yeah,
0: it's this it's this like storage unit or or dumpster or whatever.
1: So someone threw it. Maybe someone threw it up there thinking they were throwing it into the dumpster.
0: Or who knows what. Yeah. And but maybe that wasn't the murder weapon. Maybe it's just some random piece of
1: junk. Regardless, Emily gets her fucking fingers all over it and then loses it. So yes. now basically The very lucky murder weapon now has Emily's fingerprints all over it.
0: That's a good point. Uh, And so now we know, we get to the end of this episode, and so now we sort of think, well, there's there's the first person, the devil, red devil texter, trying to get to the truth of who killed uh, Charlotte. Then there's the person who actually killed Charlotte, who Mm -hmm. potentially is this car driver, and also the person in the diner doing... Some kind of like metal work in
1: there. Yeah, some kind of intense. As, as, yeah, maybe they're building, building a, a fake murder weapon. Yeah, you know, on yeah. their own rectangle metal bar.
0: Could be. So we <sighs> potentially have Team Devil and Team Murderer, which is an actual team now. <laughs> uh, we don't know what's going on with Sarah Harvey in this episode. It opens really abruptly. Um, with two of the liars trying to show Allison the hidden caves of Bradley. Yeah. And naturally, it's all blocked up. The the room's been made to look uh, like it was abandoned quickly. And we get somebody in a mask coming and cleaning it up. Presumably, that person is Devil slash Sarah Harvey.
1: Yeah, the whole sequence was uh, not one of my favorites uh, for a number of reasons. One, the liars hide in the closet... And proceed to talk at loud volumes Yeah While apparently they are avoiding um, being found out Which, you know, classic liars learning nothing about how to be inconspicuous They talk at high volumes And then, um, then they just like skedaddle out of the room and yeah, and it's someone in a mask, but it's someone who looks like Sarah Harvey, and the mask is like it's like a Sarah Harvey mask. Did you notice that it looked like a Sarah Harvey mask? You know, I agree. It did look like a Sarah Harvey because, mask. Uh, yeah. So if it if it was Sarah Harvey, it's weird that she'd be wearing a Sarah Harvey mask, but not look like Sarah Harvey. You know, like wearing like a like a, a weird, apparently like. Um, maid wig or something and and in glasses yeah which showed up in the 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 closing a sequence um but yeah so that so yeah so we we start very quickly already already there's some intrigue emily is pretty adamant about getting down to that basement because she's pretty convinced that that's where her eggs are are in the rally basement um Emily then decides that she, um, you know, needs to start uh, registering for classes at Hollis because she's going to start going to school there. Wait. Oh, God.
0: Hey, we have microphones again.
1: Yeah. You know what? Now that we have our microphones working, um, we should probably pause to do fake sponsors. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, Be prepared because next week we'll... Not this week, but next week we'll probably have a, a theme, a little Fake Sponsors theme song, care of Phil Nelson, who does our our theme song, um, our regular old theme song. Uh, he has been given instructions of w- what to do, so next week we're going to have an extra little cool little theme song, probably. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, but until then, um, it is time for Fake Sponsors. Uh, this week is a very special week in the world of beer. for for me, Uh, (laughs) and for Dave, but for me especially, because it reminds me of home. So, Belmont Station here in Portland got an extra special um, shipment in from Kalamazoo, Michigan, uh, from Bell's Brewery, and Bell's happens to make Two-Hearted Ale, which is one of my favorite IPAs uh, ever, and I can only get it when I go back home to Michigan every once in a while, so... That's pretty much all I drink when I go home because uh, I miss it. I miss it so. And the other day, Dave sent me a text and told me that, that for some reason, Belmont Station had a a one-time shipment of a bunch of uh, Bell's beer, mostly Two-Hearted Ale because that is kind of their like flagship beer. And so this episode is brought to you by Bell's Two-Hearted Ale, which is a very delicious IPA.
0: You know, I texted you not even thinking that you would be – a two-hearted i don't think we've ever talked about bells i just figured because of michigan mm-hmm. you would be interested i knew about it because um our friend a beer blogger from la it's like her favorite two-hearted is like her favorite beer so i was like oh oh yeah bells uh, so you good. know i love it um i think i had it once like in kansas and i haven't i wasn't like didn't think it was the best beer in the world but i'm excited to try it again now that we pick them yeah. up
1: yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's not a super hoppy beer. Um, it's, which is, which is weird. Cause usually I like really, really hoppy stuff. Um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of got this like ni- nice little caramely taste to it. Um, uh, I just think it's, it's absolutely delicious. Um, and it's very drinkable. It tastes, I think it tastes kind of close to like a, um, a full sale IPA. Hmm. So it's not your typical, like too hoppy pacific northwest type of beer. Right, milder. It's, it's a lot milder, yeah. Um so yes, the, uh Bells, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I'm so excited <laughs> to have this in my fridge right now.
0: Yeah, and in my fridge as well.
1: Uh so thank you, Bells. Uh, um live we in can... my live in my heart forever.
0: Well, that's a good, that's our so that's our fake sponsor message. If you'd like to be a real sponsor, you can ask us and next time we'll have a functional mic situation because i won't be an idiot uh but where where, where were we on where were we on the episode Um, i mean i don't want to you know i kind of don't want to do a the point by point breakdown of this one because it felt like just a tiring episode and part of it is just like the mid-season slump that i feel like i get into as a watcher of the show where it's like okay too much is going on i'm confused like sometimes the show has this problem where it becomes really choppy, yeah. and the action kind of just skips around, and you're not sure if people have had conversations already, what's going on. Like the confrontation between Arya and Fitz starts in the middle of the conversation, yeah. where he's already like heard the news, accepted it, and been like, "All right, let's roll with it.
1: Uh, show me what you wrote." Yeah, well, that's what's so strange about this episode because so within the course of the episode. Liam finds out that Arya's past relationship with Fitz was more than friends.
0: More than teacher student.
1: Yeah, more that's right, more than teacher student.
0: Which comes out of which this seems like the most ridiculous point in the episode actually. Re- more ridiculous than the self-driving car. Uh because you have Fitz meeting Liam having this situation where he doesn't think Liam knows about the about the fake pages. Yeah. that Arya wrote and yet he starts talking about this protagonist or this character as if liam would somehow have cause to think that it's Arya, even though like it he's trying to like claim ownership over the work in some kind of way by saying something isn't <clears throat> this particular thing yeah. and in fact bringing up this like totally inappropriate relationship that he had with this twenty-three-year-old girl. Well, this is like what? Yeah. In what world does any of that seem like a good idea?
1: Well, this is what's so. This is this is I think um, why this episode is so frustrating. And you know, you you we always like you were saying we always reach this point. I think in any batch of episodes, and that's you know, it's partly because you have this huge problem, namely being that Arya. Has not told Liam anything about her past, really.
0: As far, yeah, it doesn't seem like she knows. It doesn't seem like he's done the basic work of googling her to see that she was in like this horrific national,
1: yeah, you
0: know, legal drama, torture drama,
1: um, which apparently he still doesn't know. I, I don't think that he does. Yeah,
0: we don't. She, we don't. I don't think he knows anything about her, really.
1: But so that has to come out eventually. So this episode basically just takes it says like, you know, okay, so we need to have Liam find out. Arya's obviously not going to tell Liam. Um so we got to figure out another way for him to find out. And it's got to be through Fitz cuz that 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 confrontation needs to happen eventually. You know, it's kind of like the it's like the check-off's gun of confrontations. Um, just
0: the just the like continued meeting of ex-boyfriends that the show seems to find so juicy.
1: Yeah. And then it solves that problem within the course of maybe fifteen minutes um, because by the, epi- the end of the episode, everything's just hunky frickin dory. but also it this is the kind of episode that reminds you that sometimes the show just kills time, where there's a lot of situations that could be solved by simple conversations or I don't know there's just there's so much about this episode that just felt like it was it was stalling where you have um whoever this new A is uh who's somehow trying to fi- trying to f- figure out who killed Charlotte but is going about it in the most counterintuitive way right and so it's so the, the 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 idiocy of this method on the part of A is starting to show its colors, and so then it just feels like it's just like, oh for fuck's sake, like just go to the cops or something. Also, why haven't the cops figured anything out? It seems to be there's just plenty of fucking clues all over the place that they could have a le- some kind of lead in this right investigation, and they have no idea. Yeah,
0: we haven't seen they have, yeah they're just waiting for the liars to lead them in the right direction.
1: I mean, why? Why wouldn't they uh <laughs> I sound like Neil Hamber. Why? Why wouldn't they uh investigate any of the the people who the liars think are actually the the possible murders? Why haven't they talked to all of Spencer's family? Why haven't they talked to all of Arya's family? Why haven't the cops investigated like why aren't the cops doing cop fucking things why aren't they being detectives
0: right instead of just like intimidating uh emily at the brew
1: intimidating emily at the brew calling hannah in and having a really sort of mediocre conversation and then just letting her go Mm -hmm. you know get fucking uh get jordan in the room by himself get hannah's mom in there you should have melissa you should have uh mrs hastings you should have mr hastings right you should have yeah. all these people should be questioned.
0: Right, totally. I, so well yeah, so that's that's an <laughs> aggravate that's an aggravating point, although I don't think we can expect, you know, the Rosewood PD to ever ever get well, anything done on this. I, I show. guess what I'm
1: saying is that like this stuff is easy to ignore if we didn't have episodes like this where it's just like, can something like fucking reasonable happen, please? Right. You know?
0: Well, I guess okay. Let's let's try to pick out what the actual the real takeaways from this episode are, I think um, a big one would be... uh, So, I guess the main character development thing in this episode is um, Hannah dealing with her feelings for Caleb by ignoring them. Mm -hmm. Uh, She keeps seeing Spencer and Caleb together. Viscerally does not like it. uh, Still hasn't set a wedding date, but she gets to help out Arya's mom ella putting her dress situation together makes her think about her own relationship choices blah, blah blah and so then finally she leaves jordan a message and is like i'm ready to set a date may 17th yeah which, um, where, where did
1: that date come from it's just some date just, you know whatever <laughs> apparently too it's really easy to just set a Set a prime date like in the middle of fucking May. Yeah, you
0: don't have to do it based on the venue or you know any of these any of these things that come up in life. Um, but I don't know. That felt really unsatisfying because I don't know. It was just this moment that needed to feel more justified or cathartic. And I guess the big revelation is that um, Ellis' first first love wasn't Chad Lowe. It was this guy from high school. But you know, you grow up and you get over it. And yeah. so Hannah's like, oh, maybe I'll take that to heart, sort of. But
1: but it's not convincing because she's obviously – because it's not that easy. It's not just going to end. It's not, you know, I, I know in a previous episode I said that I really liked this idea that Hannah's jealousy, that, which she's obviously trying to avoid for Spencer and Caleb – is just, it, it's only that, and then that's just a nice character development that doesn't have to be tied to any sort of larger plot. But now, I don't know. I mean, now it's just kind of getting dragged out, and you kind of just are hoping right, for, like right. a, it was, for, like, a resolution or something.
0: Yeah, it was just this beat that didn't really need to be... I mean, maybe it would have been nice with another, like, Caleb flashback, you know? Yeah. Um,
1: but instead, we got a different flashback. Right.
0: Well, that was actually... Okay, so that's something... That was really the... That was when the episode started feeling interesting to me. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was when we get this Melissa flashback, and Hannah encounters her in London, and Melissa's drunk, tries to call Charlotte from Hannah's cell phone in in wherever. Yeah, and we find out that Ren pieced out on her because Charlotte called him
1: and told told him about everything that happened with Bethany Young. Maybe we don't
0: know. Uh, Hannah intuits that. But we don't actually have confirmation,
1: which is strange, because if that's what Charlotte is telling Ren and that's enough to have him sort of just leave her. I mean, Melissa's response shouldn't be like, oh, woe is me or oh, fuck that bitch, Charlotte. It should be. uh, Hey, Ren, how about the fact that you're like a skeezy dude, you know, that fucking cheated on me and shit.
0: Right. And you are like this villainous character who conspired with. We still don't know.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know. Which makes me think that either uh, Melissa's lying her face off, or Melissa is as terrible and weak a character as she apparently seems.
0: That is probably what. It would be really funny to me if Melissa ends up being this just like incredibly incompetent person who got herself into all this trouble and didn't do anything bad. Mm -hmm. You know, just appears to be this villainous character. That would be. Interesting to me because uh, it really doesn't seem like this episode indicates that she is the real killer or whatever, you know. And, of course, mid-season when the show says, here's the evidence that so-and-so is the killer, that means they're not. So it can't be Melissa because yeah. we still have three more episodes to go after this and then another the season.
1: So here's here's new theory. Uh, the person who... I think I think that either <clears throat> I, excuse me, either uh, Doctor, what's his face, Rawlings, is either the person who killed Charlotte, or I think that the, the person the, he he is not what he seems. There's a number of things that he could could do. One, he could blackmail somebody into killing Charlotte, and he wants to kill Charlotte because maybe because she knows something about him.
0: Or because he realizes that she's pure evil,
1: maybe. But he's—he does not. See, he seems like a skeezy dude. He does not seem like he is a good person.
0: Well, yeah, he's so he's super questionable to me. And of course, the plot point for them in this episode is Allie gets a text from Devil Person. She comes clean to this guy about uh, telling him or telling Charlotte that they had gotten together the night Charlotte got out. She thinks Charlotte was pissed at her, and that's why she left the house, not necessarily because of a phone call. And this guy's response is like, oh, don't run away from me. I love you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. It's not your fault. Oh, (laughs) let's get married right now. And that's like the twist at the end of the episode, which immediately made me think uh, married couples don't have to testify in court. Right. Why is this guy in such a rush? to be in this situation after just an episode or two ago after being like i don't know if we should tell everybody uh maybe we're not ready
1: right and now he's like oh wait i thought about it some more and i'm totally on board with this yeah
0: it was just like i couldn't tell in this episode like if it was supposed to be a day later or if it was supposed to be like okay some random amount of time has passed and we it it just felt like some some space happened in this episode and it's really unclear how much time or what happened or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like the show is at its weakest when it doesn't have that feeling of being in real time right. and of having the suspense and mm-hmm. the, the tension of that. And cause once you start bouncing around, it's like, it just, cr- it just kills the tension to me.
1: Right. Right. Uh, although I guess it it is impressive that Arya was able to write six chapters in such qu- so quick a time. That was another
0: thing. I thought it was two chapters, yeah. and she was going to talk to Ezra, and he's written all these new ones, and all of a sudden she has six chapters now. Like, yeah. where did that come from? Yeah. I, you know, I, this is it's just one of these things where it's like the show kind of hopped into the future a little bit, and it's not really clear why or how long they've been sitting around Rosewood. And mm-hmm. Emily's enrolling in classes like. So now it's it's fall already. She's going back to school. It's like yep. okay, that happened really fast too.
1: Yep, it sure did. Uh, and um, I think that if I I want to follow the 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 train of logic um, from because now that I'm th- trying to think about this and you know implicating Melissa uh, and and Doctor Rollins being super shady. Um, <clears throat> Either he's involved, which means that uh, once again, Allie is basically just getting like the shit end of the stick because she's falling in love with this dude and it turns out he's not a good person.
0: Well, maybe. I mean. Possibly. Possibly. Which
1: means that basically she's just like, you know, she's become like the, the essentially like the town punching bag or the show's punching bag, just like. Dump all this crap on. On Allison. Mm -hmm. Who at one point was. You know like the villain. Essentially. uh, Or one point was dead. Um, Or. Allison is involved. Somehow. Yeah. Uh, Because that was weird. You know the whole. The whole them showing up. In the middle of the night. uh, To see Arya. And to get her to officiate. Their wedding. um, Or their impromptu wedding. You can That's just for- go
0: see it. First of all, you can just go see a judge. Right. It's it's not legally binding to have somebody. I guess it is. I don't know. Um, but yeah, they they. Well, I don't they know. still have to go to the courthouse. They and just get, like the
1: marriage documents. They.
0: I mean, part of it is that the two characters, the two actors, don't really have any chemistry. Yeah. And it's like it's not really understandable why these two people are interested in each other. Right. You know. I mean, Allie is sort of. There's a scene, a couple of scenes where Allison like talks about it, but. Uh, I don't feel any sparks there, no, it just feels really
1: uncomfortable and i and I think that that's you know I can't imagine that the people who make the show can't sense that because they have a lot of actors that do have chemistry and they right. are belie- a believable couple right, which makes me think that one of them like they could, that dude is evil because <laughs> right they wouldn't they wouldn't because the audience can't fall in love with him because we we've learned from every other guy that the audience has fallen in love with that he can't become a right you know well, I think
0: one theme of this season so far that's developing is the idea of the perfect boyfriend or the selfless boy, and we see it with Jordan uh, we see it with uh with Caleb uh we see it with uh Lucas giving his house and home. Uh, to Hannah yeah. and her friends. So there is a lot of... Toby building a house? Yeah, Toby building this house for his girlfriend. You know, there is a lot of these guys just being real paragons of, you know, humanity. And that feels like something that the show probably wants to pull the rug out from. Yeah. You know, it probably wants to poison that well in some way.
1: hmm Yeah. Uh, what if... What if Charlotte no know- what if you know what I would I would give three high fives to three being the perfect number high fives to the writing staff if they were if this is part of bringing back the the NAT club and really trying to wrap up some plot points you know like Charlotte knows something about the NAT club
0: right she she contacted Ren
1: and somehow and then either yeah, she contacted Ren, told him what she knows.
0: Uh or called him back into service.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um and so there and so then maybe Melissa maybe Melissa did call or did kill Charlotte. Um I I mean the show doesn't usually make things that obvious that quickly. But uh maybe somehow the doctor knows something about that, about N.A.T. Club, because the doctor knows everything. Doctor-patient privilege. Could
0: be. Yeah, that's true. He probably knows all kinds of things. Or Charlotte could have told him, you know, could have manipulated him in any number of ways, including
1: fall in love with my sister, you Mm know? Yeah. Yeah, fall in love with my sister.
0: Yeah, it's... There's a lot of stuff that will be really interesting to tap into. And this episode felt like a bit of a smokescreen, especially with the ridiculous car sequence and with, uh, (laughs) you know, Emily getting this package about we're going to have a baby and (laughs) I have your eggs. And this just, that just feels like a complete, I don't know. I just feel like that's going to resolve itself. That's going to, it's going to be one of these plot lines that's a throwaway or that resolves itself in some unsatisfying way. And it's just going to be like, this fascination that the show has for three episodes and then it moves on.
1: Yeah. And, and you, you worded this perfectly when we were watching the episode, which is that, because I agree. I just do not care about this. Like this, this Emily with her. I feel bad for Emily. I mean, it's a terrible, it's in real life. That is a very, very terrible thing. But as far as this plot line goes, it's just hard to care about.
0: Well, I guess the thing, you know, the thing we always used to talk about on the show before was what's the motivation? What is this all for? And it ends up being just like, Charlotte's a crazy person playing with dolls, uh, which is an okay motivation, right. you know, good enough. Um, and in this season, it's like, it becomes almost more of what I thought the show was originally, which was these different forces playing with the puppets of the liars. Mm-hmm. And so now we know you probably have Sarah Harvey versus whoever whoever yeah. killed Charlotte or, you know, or not. But it seems like we have, the liars are actually caught between two sides here, uh, which is interesting and way more interesting than the liars sort of going through, you know, whatever generic going through, whatever things happened in their day, this episode.
1: Yeah. Uh, which, you know, just, um, just to, to be holistic about it. Um, Emily meets, uh, uh, creeptastic reporter Damien
0: oh, a- another thread that's just like yeah. abandoned halfway through the episode
1: yeah so this guy Damien who like all he really wants is y- you assume that all he really wants to do is just like <laughs> it's really funny too because it's like he's not he's not he's not writing for a major newspaper he's writing for the college newspaper and he and so he th- he like thinks that he's gonna get this big scoop on the the four dollhouse girls or whatever and they're they're treating it like oh my god he's he's using you he's using you get out of there emily because emily meets him at uh, orientation or registering for classes and he of course hits on her because he knows that she's one of the the dollhouse girls and uh and then emily finds out um via text that he is not who he says he is despite his very affable charms and um Yeah, and then and then she leaves. Then she dishes him basically. Well,
0: no, no, no. She's like, uh, they're gonna go in and get coffee. She's like, let's skip coffee. Let's go to dinner. Yeah, and in like this very aggressive way. (laughs) Uh, And then he's like,
1: okay, all right, dinner. Right. And then the next spaghetti.
0: And then the next scene, he shows. The next scene, she shows up. She's like at this diner, and it's like, is this guy gonna meet her there? Like, is this <laughs> yeah. where they're going to dinner? Or no, this is picking up on this like weird other plot line of her needing to like go see if Melissa made a phone call from the diner. Yeah, you know. Then,
1: and then and then Kit comes out of the shadows and kind of chases her down. Yeah, yeah. This yes,
0: it's or, so. Or Christine, if, if you were if you watch this episode. <laughs> Please let us know if you thought the car sequence was scary or was just, like, super awkward.
1: Well, because then the car, you have this enormous car that is then, like, able to very nimbly hide behind uh, a bush. And then it's just like, it's and then Emily's like, phew, what was that? And then the car's like, hey, I'm back. Hi. Right,
0: right. It's just like, if you're trying to run somebody over with a car, why would you pull away five feet from... The, you know five feet out of the way turn the car off turn the lights off you know kick back for two minutes Ooh, time to go for another murder attempt It's yeah. just
1: like what really i know and emily was like that car tried to kill me and it's like no i think it was just trying to scare you if it was really trying to kill you it could have very easily killed yeah, you. yeah you would be dead yeah it was a large car yeah uh and also the first time that it almost hit her it just like is just like, ah, gotcha, spooked you, right? Because it turned away sharply. Yeah, that was, that was just dumb. I don't. I mean, I don't know. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. You're right. That was that was, that was worse than the, than the the ice cream, the abandoned spooky ice cream factory. I mean, I, I I miss the good old days when A was driving cars to people's living rooms, right? Slamming right. Slamming ya people's up against the, dry sink.
0: Yeah, in in the history of uh, car scary car moments and Pretty Little Liars, I think this is a new low.
1: <laughs> this is definitely ten in the top ten.
0: Um, but yeah, so I think mali- this,
1: that, that, that that was less scary than when Arya and Ali, Ali saw Chadlow cheating on Nala yeah, in a car. That was an
0: intense. <laughs> that was an, that was an intense car moment.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, so, and then the only the only other thing I think that that we haven't talked about is uh Spencer finally confronts her mom about her mom's cancer diagnosis,
0: which which also seemed kind of rushed because last week she makes she like doesn't do that and yeah. then she has a conversation with Caleb about it this week and Caleb's like, "Yeah, probably don't do it. Seems like <laughs> a bad idea." And then of course she does and right. her mom goes public, but then it gets flipped over. So this is kind of an interesting. I well, I don't know how interesting it is. Hmm. This is like a moderately interesting it was plot It's predictable.
1: Point. You, you saw something like this coming. Mhm. Yeah.
0: Where uh something on Yvonne getting, I guess getting an abortion. Uh yeah. in that high that get, in high school, that gets leaked and it's traced back to Spencer's IP, which obviously is faked.
1: You know what what you know what I think would have been uh and this is just I mean what I think that would have been really interesting is if Yvonne got a, a an abortion recently and it was Toby's.
0: Yeah, that would be way more interesting.
1: That would have been like, hey, let's up the emotional ante here. hmm You know? Mm-hmm. Because right now you have I just I think that you have like this whole dynamic between Spencer, Caleb and Hannah. And it's just like we've kind of just abandoned Toby and Toby's feelings. It's like we need something to pull Spencer away from Caleb. Right. You know? Well, and
0: now, I mean, this is just sort of to get. So Caleb kind of falls on his sword and takes. The... Excuse me. <laughs> Girl Scout cookies. Um, he falls on a sword and takes the blame for this, even though obviously he. Well, probably he didn't do it. He says he didn't do it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it means he's getting kicked out of the love shack.
1: Yeah, where is he going to go? We don't know. He can't just have easy boning access to Spencer anymore.
0: Well, this is what I was thinking is, oh, this is where he gets kidnapped by the person who he sent the corrupted hard drive to.
1: Oh, Doggy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where is he going to stay? He should, I mean, he's going to have to he's going to go to Old to Tobers. Well, he's Probably. already, you
0: know, he threatened Mona. He's done some really stupid shit and hopefully the show puts him in a position where it's clear that he did some stupid shit.
1: You know what could happen Uh is Caleb goes, because Hannah has all of Lucas's apartment, mm-hmm. and Caleb's like, the only place I can go is go stay with Hannah. Right. Wah, wah. And they kiss. Yeah. Yeah, then,
0: I mean, they definitely, like, hook up by the end of the season, right? Yeah. There's oh, a, yeah. There's okay. going to be a big Caleb moment.
1: Oh, my God. Of course there is. I mean... If social media has anything to do with it, they want Haleb back. Yeah,
0: I'm going to be very angry because I love Spaleb. Seriously. But I think it's going to happen.
1: What about Scaleb? Who's that? But Spencer and Caleb. Scaleb? It's just Scaleb. No,
0: it's just Spaleb. <laughs> it's just Spaleb. There's no C's. <laughs> Scaleb. <laughs>
1: uh, Scaleb. The dragon Scaleb. Um, so, yeah. So then... Uh, Spencer and her mom have a really uh, mushy moment, where Spencer's mom tells Spencer that she's glad that she had kids, so that's nice. Spencer mm-hmm. learns that she wasn't an accident. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and uh, then, and then by the end of the episode, uh, Ella and. Byron are married again. Uh Arya and Liam are are back to their their old uh, in love selves, I suppose. Although Arya still hasn't told Liam about anything having to do with her past.
0: Yeah, I mean she doesn't say, "Oh yeah, I dated my teacher after high school." She doesn't she doesn't say like, "Oh, we were definitely hooking up while I was 16." and it right. was illegal
1: once again and he doesn't
0: think to ask like were you abused or taken yeah. advantage of by this person right. who like, we're working with in
1: high school obviously yeah once again the show completely avoids the subject of the fact that Ezra and Arya's relationship was completely inappropriate right and it's it's
0: never going to it's it was it's ridiculous that he didn't dig in a little bit more. But, you know, you're supposed to have this he's supposed to be this twenty three year old guy who's like, Oh, all right, my girlfriend doesn't want to cheat on me. All right, that's all right. Yeah, we'll oh, just think let's God. just let's just continue on the smooth sailing.
1: And then Arya, like, you know, she obviously seems relieved that ev that, that he knows about her relationship with, with Ezra. You think then she'd be like, Listen, uh, there's a lot I haven't told you. Like right. A huge chunk of things. Right. So since we're being honest, and since and since you're probably going to fucking find out anyway, right. I'm just going to tell you right now.
0: Well, that was an interesting thing in this episode. That was another little thread where uh, people were forced to tell the truth. And it happens because of the red dragon or the red uh, devil text in Allison's case yeah. with the doctor. Uh, it happens with Arya because Fitz kind of sticks her in the position, you know, Um, and it happens with um, Spencer and her mom, you know, having to, having, and so it's interesting to see the way in which the show puts people in the position of telling the truth and having it not necessarily come from an A text and having them decide this is the right thing to do. And sometimes it's a mistake. Like in the case of Spencer, she should not have had that conversation with her mom Mm -hmm. because it makes her look more questionable in this like, uh, double-edged sword of the other information being leaked. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I think she made the right decision last week.
1: Right. No, I totally agree. Um, yeah, which doesn't make any sense. It's just kind of like, okay, well, I can't. I, all I wonder, my feelings anymore. <laughs> I wonder
0: if the show is trying to examine whether telling the truth is always moral by kind of having setting making these situations a little bit more complicated, or if that. Is, or it's just plot convenience, and it's not trying to make that question.
1: I mean, I think it is plot convenience in a lot of ways, uh, because I still, don't, I, I still, I mean, I think that that's, you know, that's a, uh, this very optimistic way of looking at that development, because I don't think that that's what the show has in mind. Because everything else still is pointing to the fact that lying is bad. You know, and lying gets you in trouble. So. <clears throat> um, I don't know, maybe we can hope. Maybe we can hope that there are there are other situations that further examine the gray area of of truth telling. Right.
0: I guess we'll I guess we'll see. I mean the thing about this show is we know it's capable of wrapping things up super quickly and not necessarily giving itself a whole long rollout of the endgame. Uh so maybe the end of this season We'll solve who killed Charlotte or bring Charlotte back because she's alive. I'm just saying. Mm. Uh, or maybe this extends into season seven and we get another 20 plus episodes to deal with a lot of these issues. So that's mm. that's that's questionable to me. I mean, I haven't read any spoilers or looked ahead or whatever. So I really don't know what the plans are for um, the main storyline.
1: Yeah, we don't have the books to guide us anymore. Mm hmm. I mean, I don't know, I kind of, I really want them to just wrap this up by the end of the season, but they won't, because I think, like, what we were saying before, There, that would mean that they'd have to come up with an all-new mystery, and mm-hmm. it's just like, well, what is, like, what?
0: Well, you know, this episode you know? felt very soap opera-y to me, more so than usual. The relationship's just, you know, it had this just sort of dramatic repetitive feel in a way and it would it might be nice to have next season just be soap opera and just have these characters trying to live their lives and deal with their feelings and not have like the back the back line of horrible murders and mysteries <laughs> and threats going on behind them you know uh but probably not probably the show will just keep doing what it does
1: yeah although you know you knew that this kind of interrelationship drama would would arise. You can't have this many beautiful people full of young 20s emotions and not expect them to get into messy relationship dynamics. I,
0: I'm all for it, and I thought it was being handled in a really mature, cool way for the first few episodes, and I just felt like the Hannah plot in this episode didn't feel quite right, yeah. and I don't feel like the Liam Spencer... Or the Liam-Aria plotting feels great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Definitely Caleb and Spencer being set up to have some distance after he's being kicked out. So uh, we'll see what comes to a head with with the Haleb-Spaleb situation. And if there's going to be more Ezra-Liam drama. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to tell. I think there will be a Haleb thing. Um, but other than that, oh, yeah, other than that, it's like it's hard to I can't I can't tell right now if the show is sort of trying to escalate the Arya, Ezra situation again, or I
1: think in both ways because I think that like as much as I as much as we want the show to move on mm-hmm. and to let these characters be adults and you know not fall back into the relationships that the fans love because. Um, because they shouldn't, because that's character development in a realistic way. Mm-hmm. I don't think the show is, is ever so unaware of fan service that they're not going to inevitably have these characters fall back into old
0: relationships. It's true. And I guess that becomes a question of, this season has felt pretty pander-free to me, but... Is that going? No to, longer. Are they going to hold out? Are they going <laughs> to <gonna> stay strong?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I want them to stop, stop pandering to, to fans. But I think again, like Yvonne is such an inconsequential character, she's going to go away, right?
0: I mean, all of them. I mean, that's the thing with presenting these characters as like perfect boyfriends or whatever is that it makes them really easy to get rid of and just be like, well, this person was not three dimensional. They had no flaws. They had they were just like there to. Be a nice, accommodating boyfriend,
1: man. If 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 it gets to the point that Liam tells Arya that they should break up because she should be with Ezra, and that's obvious to him because of what she's been writing. Oh God, God, that's oh, that, no. what, a, what a what a cop out. But I can totally see the show doing that. Yeah, that
0: could definitely happen. You may have just called the blood of the next episode.
1: <sighs> yeah, because yeah, because even. It, first of all, it's obvious that Ezra wants to be back with Arya. I think that the way that he's talking about things. Right. Um,
0: right. Denying that the writing was about Arya means that, of course, it's about Arya.
1: But even when he's saying, like, I know I know you did it out of love. And he kept using the word love. Right. And Arya's like, that's a weird word to use. You know yeah. I mean? But Arya's also like, I'm not going to deny that because I secretly love you. <laughs> yeah. It's
0: bad. It's all. It's all bad. We hate Ezrea.
1: <laughs> so much. <laughs> um, I I got nothing else on this episode.
0: No, me um, neither.
1: I wonder. I wonder. Should we? Should we? Should we see who wrote it?
0: No. <laughs> we'll just we'll just leave that up, and you know, it wasn't a bad episode. No, it wasn't. It, there it was been, just there
1: have been way worse.
0: It was just one of these, you know, choppy episodes where they had to accomplish certain plot things. And this was the episode where it got dumped. And, you know, it just didn't feel as well paced or as dramatic as some of the others. Um, And the car scene was also unforgivable. Uh, But, you know, the show's got still got several episodes left to uh, cruise to a satisfying conclusion.
1: That was a nice car pun.
0: There you go. (laughs) That's what you got. That's why that's why we get the big bucks. (laughs) On this podcast with our with our fake sponsors. Uh, you can let us know what you think about all these characters and if Melissa and Ren should remain a power couple. Uh, at PLGM Podcast on Twitter.
1: Um, and then I also suggest that you go to iTunes if you like us. Give us a nice star rating or even write us a nice review. Um, one sentence reviews are, are nice. Yeah, that one that, word reviews are nice. Yeah, if that
0: review word. is hooray. Yeah, hooray. With like four exclamation points.
1: Cool. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Great podcast <laughs> would <We'll> listen again.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't even have to use complete sentences um, or proper sentence structure. We don't care. No, we don't care. Um, yeah, but you can hit us up on Twitter. Let us, let us know if you think that Scaleb is better than Spalib.
0: I don't know, man. I don't. I don't. I think the fans are going to reject that one. I think they've already rejected Spalub, but I love Spalub. I love Spalub. I am. Too. I am Team Spalub.
1: Uh, um. So, anything else, Dave?
0: No. We'll we'll be back next week. Um. And this time, we'll make sure the microphones are running the whole episode.
1: <laughs> it's okay. You know, people people love us despite it. They they find our 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 charm endearing.
0: I'm sure we sound beautiful. I'm sure we sound our our dulcet tones came through even into the laptop mic. Well that's you know, that's how we used to do it. It's the old school way.
1: I know. For a while maybe people got all felt all nostalgic. Yeah, you got got ten minutes of some pure nostalgic gold on this episode.
0: It was a throwback. (laughs) Uh well thanks as always for listening. Uh we'll see you next week. Uh and until then
1: Star Us on iTunes, bitches.
0: Yeah, that's the one.
1: Assistant. I know what to keep beginning,
0: I know what you keep begging, I know what to keep begging for you never tell.